Amen. I'm glad we can sing through the shade and the sunshine. Amen. How many of you glad to be saved tonight? And I want to say, aren't children precious? These children are precious. With all of them, with their different personalities, they have so much potential. and I love to see them smiling. And I'm so thankful to see parents bringing them to church on a Sunday night. There's a whole lot of other things that they could be doing tonight than being here. And so I appreciate you bringing them and under the sound admonition of the word. Now I'm thankful. I know my mom and dad, they drug me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There wasn't any choice. There wasn't any deciding whether or not we were going. We were going. And as a child, I didn't like that that much. But as an adult, I'm very thankful. Because you know what? When I got older... A lot of those things that I really didn't think I was listening to or hearing in church, I listened more than what I thought. And later in life, those things became so much very helpful to me, and I'm thankful for their faithfulness. Would you open your precious Word of God tonight to the book of Genesis chapter 2? And we started a message this morning on just simply trusting God's plan for your marriage. Trusting God's plan for your marriage. The book of Genesis, actually the word Genesis means beginnings. And so, of course, that's very fitting, isn't it? Everything uh, begins with the book of Genesis. And uh, so, again, I think very fitting when we talk about the beginning of marriage, the beginning of the home. God performed the first wedding. And we find it here in Genesis chapter 2. And I love, there's so much, so much instruction right here in Genesis chapter 2 about marriage and about the home. I want you to look in verse 18. The Bible says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help me for him. Now there's twice that word is used. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of the ribs of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her into the man. And Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll use your word tonight in all of our hearts. But Lord, I pray you'll help us to do our part. Lord, I pray you'll help us to listen to thy word. Lord, we could be in this very place and still miss what you have for us. And so I pray you'll help all of us now, including me, and I'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Trusting God's plan for your marriage. Now we know God is the designer of marriage. God uh, originated, he, he created the home. So this is not a man-made idea. Uh, where a man and a woman get together and fall in love and choose to be the right kind of people and the right kind of helpmates and they fall in love and they want to be married. That's God's plan. God performed the first wedding. He performed it. He gave Eve to Adam. And obviously he was very comfortable and very confident giving this woman to Adam. Now, so many questions. There's so many things today that... uh, 
we, we believe people that are originators or somebody that created something. I tried to really give this out this morning. If someone has designed something, you would want to go to hear, listen to the person that designed something or creates something. And so we believe, do y'all believe that God instituted the home and designed a marriage in the family? Well, if we do believe that, then why in the world are we running around all over the world and all around for psychology and all the other things the world gives to give us advice and counsel? We ought to go to God for it. Why? Because He is the originator. He is the designer of the marriage. So we try to talk about that. But we looked at what is the the purpose of getting married. I think this is important. God answers it. Notice all the way through creation, God says it's good. He created the sun and the earth and the moon and the stars and the water and the beasts of the field and all of these things. He said, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. But you notice here in chapter 2, he looked down and poor old Adam was all alone. And he said, that's not good. And so God created the home and marriage and a relationship with a man and a woman, just very simple, for companionship. He looked out there and he seen all of the animals. They all had pairs, but he was all alone. And so God said, I want to create a woman for you that you can have a companion. What is a companion? A, compa- a companion is someone you can share your heart with. A companion is someone you can share your fears with. A companion is someone you can share your dreams with. A companion is someone that you can share life with. That's a beautiful thing. God gave us grace by allowing us to have a beautiful marriage where God gives each one of us a companion. Then we not only see the companion, but we talked about completion. God's purpose for marriage was to be completed. By the way, Eve was Adam's completion. He said, I want, to do, I want to give you a help me. Now, I really spent a lot of time on this this morning because I truly believe that we don't understand fully what that word help me means. And especially we live in a day today where I do not believe we understand what that means. When God says, I'm giving you a help me, then that should motivate us to be the right kind of help me. And what is that? Well, I tell you what, some men in here tonight might say, well, I tell you right now, my woman, she's going to be a help to me. She's going to cook my supper. She's going to wash my clothes. She's going to wash my dishes. Well, look, I hope she'll help you in all of those things, but I want you to know something. That's not what all God's talking about. He's talking about a help me, someone that's going to help you. Listen to me now, ladies and gentlemen, who will help you spiritually. Now, I gave the thing this morning. I I thought in this day, man, we're looking for all of these things in people's lives and we, we want certain things in our life that we want to make sure that we're going to be available or able to do these things. But God says, I'm giving you a spouse that they might be a helpmeet for you. Help me. In other words, everything I'm not, Laura is. Everything you aren't, your spouse is. That's why God puts you together. God put, you are different. A woman and a man is different. God made us that way. But not only that, the Bible says we're to be a helpmeet. He said, I'm going to bring you a helpmeet. Why? That's a completer. So I want to ask all of you a question. Do you complete your spouse spiritually? A helpmeet. We understand what the word help means. Are they a help to you? And by the way, there's a lot of folks today. They're not looking for someone that's going to help them spiritually. And I really dealt with this a lot this morning. I want to say, I've said this. I, I, I like... <laughs> I'm glad that there are some strong women. By the way, I want you to know something. The Bible would not be the Bible without women in it. 
So I'm not a male chauvinist pig. I understand that the importance of a home and a family, the mother, is a huge part in that. And so do you. The Bible says the mom, the mother, is the guide of the home. That's what God you God says that. She's the guide of the home. She guides the home. And I've thought about this. I, I mentioned it today. I'm thankful that my spouse happens to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. She knows the Lord. And because she has a personal relationship with the Lord, listen to me, she has her own personal relationship with him so she has a personal belief and a conviction system that she's been given to by God and I'm going to be honest with you I think this is so important now listen to me young men don't think this way I never thought this way but when I got older I realized how important it was you know I get weak do you know there's times that I listen to me now as your pastor I get weak and my flesh wants to win. And you know why God says he needed someone to help him there? Because when my flesh gets weak, I ought to have a strong help me that will strengthen me up and cinch me up in that area. Here's the thought. I thought about this. I thought about all through our life, and I know Clay and Kaylee can attest to this, there wasn't no coming home and saying, well, I wonder if we're going to go to church tonight. Well, even if I felt like that, I can tell you all this right now, even if I had enough boldness to say it, I already know what the response would be from my wife. Why? Because she wanted to help me and her family. You say, well, is there other places we could be on Sunday night? Sure, but there's no better place we could be on Sunday night. It certainly ain't going to hurt us. And so I want to say to you, are you a spiritually help me for your spouse, man and woman? Do you have some convictions? Do you have, are you being that spiritual helpmate? He said, look, I'm putting you there to be a helpmate. Now, by the way, he failed. He failed. She was tempted by Satan, and what did she do? She partook of the fruit. Does that mean God made a mistake? Not at all. Shows the humanity of humans. It shows the sin of humans. But I love this, I know this, as I continue to read through the book of Genesis, I've realized they got their wrongs right. And I'm going to tell you something, I believe Adam and Eve, all the way through the book of Genesis, they were a helpmeet to one another. So we know that it's about completion, it's about companionship. But then let's look at the priorities. What's the Bible say here? It's very important. I think this is a shocking statement. Look at verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Now look at me. There was no mom and dad there. We just heard, we just read, Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground and Eve was taken out of man. So they didn't have a physical mom and dad. So this obviously wasn't for Adam and Eve. This was for all of us and for all the marriages that would come after. And by the way, I've been in ministry long enough that I've realized that one of the greatest struggles in a marriage many times is family. There's no leaving there. Now look, I'm not, we're not perfect at this thing, but I would hope to think, I, I normally wouldn't do this, but uh, Clay and, or Kaylee and, and, and Josh is down here. How long y'all been married? Four months. Have we gotten up in y'all's business? We pulled away when y'all did what? Got married. You know why? Because at that point, they're choosing to be together. They're going to be, they're gonna, they've left. They leave so they can cleave. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you preaching on this? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've sat in a, 
office many a times dealing with young couples, older couples, and one of the biggest problems in that couple's life is this principle has never been put in their life. It's never been put there. And so we have to understand when we get married, look, we're choosing our spouse, listen to me, over everything else. Everyone else. By the way, when you stand in front of God and, 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 and a preacher and a company and you take those vows in marriage, what do you say? I choose her over all everybody else. That's not just some man-made vow there. That comes straight from the Bible. We are to leave our parents and we are to cleave to our spouse, to our helpmate, to our companion. Let me just say this. If you're not ready to leave, then you're not ready to get married. But the moment you leave, the moment you love and you choose, you say, what, this is God's helpmeet for me, this person is my completer and I know it's God's will, then you leave. That's priority. That is God's teaching. That's not my teaching. Priorities of marriage. We leave. That's a surprising statement to me. But it's a must. Leave. Then notice, why do you leave? Why did just God say, you must leave your mother and father and what? Get it now. Here it is. Y'all ready? There's a leaving, so there's a cleaving. Hmm. I tell you what, he's just so lazy. and I tell you what, he's such a grouch. He just puts a wet blanket on everything. I tell you right now, that woman God gave me, I tell you what, she's the worst housemaker in the world. I tell you what, that woman that God gave me, I tell you what, she's always up in there harping on something. She's a nagger. She just nags. You ever heard anybody talk like that? I have, unfortunately. But can I give you some Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. That means with all of his or hers unpolished insufficiencies, mistakes. That's what it means. It means to cleave. You know what that means? You know what that word means? It's glue. Now, why is the first part of this instruction that God gives leaving and important and being the right kind of help meeting the part? Because here, here's the thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Mary Jane Easy. Could I get a witness? Y'all bunch of chickens. But here, here's what's important. If you get the first two right, the cleaving will be easier. I've seen it all my life. People don't marry right, and you know what? They have to struggle through that thing all the way through, and they got to make things harder if they would just get the first things right. See, before you're ready to leave, listen to me. If you're getting ready to leave, you need to make sure you're the right companion and you're the right completer. But let me just say this. Once you marry... That word cleave means exactly what it means. You're to stick together and not let anything separate you. It's cleave. 
Let's cleave. Are y'all ready for this? I've done so much marriage counseling, and you know the sad thing about it is, I know why I'm counseling them. Many of them really aren't listening. You know why? Because they're sitting there, and I'm trying to let them know that they're getting ready to marry a sinner, and the person, the other person's getting ready to marry a sinner, and y'all know what? They're so much in love, they say, oh, not us. But I got news for all of you. These unrealistic expectations in marriage has made a many people quit. It's a beautiful thing, but I'm going to tell you right now, sticking it out like glue is not always romantic. Can I get a witness? It says to cleave. It's like glue. You're cleaving. I mean, you're hanging on. Let me paint it this way. Would y'all write this down? We ought to have a love that absolutely will not let go. No matter what. And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing for God to give us a love for somebody that no matter what, we're going to, and I love this, I heard a church have their theme. This was loving them back to life. Do you know what motivates love? Love. Cleaving. It's to glue. Nothing will break it. Nothing will break it. Absolutely nothing will break it. Choose and ask God to give you grace, no matter what you go through in your marriage, to love one another till the very end, till Jesus comes or death separates you. Cleaving. Companionship. Hey, completeness. That's the purpose. But the priorities. Leaving, cleaving, and then let's look at this one, weaving. Look what the Bible says. Verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Notice this next phrase, and they shall be one flesh. Boy, you're talking about weaving. It's no longer you're looking at each other as two, two separate people. No, 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 no. You've become one. You're so weaved together. You've left, you're cleaving, and now God says we ought to weave. You become one flesh. That's a beautiful thing. How many of you have been with your wife or your husband so long, you know them so well, you already know what they're thinking? How many of you know that? Would you raise your hand? Absolutely, there's people here. Without a word, why? I'm going to tell you why, because you've, you've cleaved. And now you've been, you've been woven together as one. That's what marriage is. It's no more two individuals. It's one person. See, that's why that principle at the very beginning where the Bible says that the man should leave his mother and father. Because see here, what happens is if those two people become one, no one should separate that because they're no longer two, they're one. And so someone tries to come in between, you're not separating two people, you're separating one. That's view, that's God's view of marriage. That's how vital and how powerful and how perfect when we stand and we, we pledge our life and our promise to one another. Listen to me, it's for a lifetime. Weaving, becoming one flesh. God's design. That's not my design, that's God's design. 
You have the same goals. You have the same plans. You have the same dreams. You have the same. Why? Because you've been woven. Now, by the way, that's not always going to happen just overnight. But that's the beautiful thing about marriage. You're leaving and you're cleaving and now you're weaving. It's a beautiful thing. I want you to notice weaving. Talking about one flesh. Well, can I just say, first of all, we need to weave spiritually. Can I just say this? Excuse me. You can forget about it if you're not weaving spiritually. You forget about it. It's not going to work. The best thing that the world can give is erotic love. It can give a, some type of a phileo love. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Until we, until we tap in to this spiritual love, this agape love that only comes from our relationship with the Lord Jesus, our marriages will never be what they need to be or should be. The old triangle. Everyone's seen it. But it's so very true. The closer, if you put God at the pinnacle and your spouse is down here at the bottom, as you grow closer to the Lord, it is an absolute truth that you're going to grow closer to one another spiritually. As I shared with you earlier today, my wife's been sick this week, and I, I, I sent her a text this morning as I was studying. I said, Laura, I appreciate you being the helpmate for me. And she wrote back immediately and she said well I feel like I've failed you this week I've been sick but see what and I understand that about her but see here's what's amazing she's been a great help to me we had about an hour and a half yesterday where we sat in the living room and we talked and we cried and we talked and we cried and we shared each other's heart and everything was revolving around the Lord and oh when I walked away When I walked away from that house and I came here this morning and I got to thinking about a helpmate, I said, oh, she might not have been doing everything that she normally does in a week's time, but oh, how she helped me spiritually yesterday. I seen and I heard and I felt her selflessness. And I'm not talking to you about a woman. That's just who she is. I'm going to tell you, if that's in her, it's because there's a God in heaven and there's a Holy Ghost that's working in her. And that's what I'm talking about. I see very little of this today. This weaving spiritually. I've thrown this out. I've thrown this out, and I'm going to ask, will there be some men that will take me up on it? To my knowledge, no one's ever come back, which is fine. I'm not the goal, but no one's ever told me I did that. But you know what changed my life? I, I, I was brought up not by my parents, but in my mind, I thought, well, spiritual things are to be kept to myself. That's something I don't have to talk to anybody about. That's spiritually, that's between me and God. That's foolish. It's foolish. But I'll never forget it. I know I've shared all this with you many times, but it was, it was changing in our home. It was changing in my life. It was changing in my marriage. When we went off to Temple Baptist Church, every morning, man, I'd hear the Sunday school. I'd hear the preaching. And I would get in the car. We had about a 15-minute drive. And you know what? I was such under conviction, and I knew the things he was preaching on. I needed work in that, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me. So I just started going in the car, and I started sharing with Laura what God had spoke to me about. I would make 
maybe apologize. I might would have to turn around look at the kids and say, hey, I want y'all to know your daddy has failed in this area and God, He revealed it to me today and I want y'all to pray with me or pray for me that I will do better in these areas. God started to work in my life. And I started sharing that. In our drive home, 15-minute drive home, I would do it. And here was amazing. This is what started to happen. All of a sudden, Laura started. I didn't say, hey, did you hear that message? No, I confessed mine first. And then what happened? Laura started saying, well, I want you to know the Lord spoke to me about this. And then when it really got on thick in the car, every once in a while, the kids would say, well, I'm convicted over this or this is what I learned. And you know what? That's a small way of start a spiritual oneness. And guess what? That 15 minutes built in to be hours. It is built in to be days. It is built in to be weeks. And then it built in to be months. And now we're 26 years down the road. And we've woven spiritually. Can I say we not only weave spiritually, we need to Weave emotionally. So, oh, preacher, you're really going to touch that? Yeah, we're body, soul, and spirit. We have emotions. We have feelings. They're real. They're important. God deals with us in our spirit, but he also deals with us in our soul. There's sometimes I cry. There's sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm happy. That's my, that's my emotions. But you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, let me just say this. You ought to weave where you spend time with one another. You ought to be able to laugh together. You ought to be able to joke around together. You ought to be able to weave. You ought to be able to pick with one another in the right way. Why? Because you're weaving emotionally. <laughs> Can I ask? And I, I'm, I struggle. Look, I'm the, the, the slowest learner here. How many of y'all know what your wife likes? Gentlemen, you know what she likes? Well, how about you just weave with her emotionally, and I'll tell you, get you some brownie points, just go and get it without her asking. Weaving emotionally. Hey, uh, God wants your closest emotional friend to be your spouse. Weaving emotionally. Then as I close, obviously the easy one is what? There would be one flesh, then obviously that means... Physical weaving. Now see, here's where we are in this world. We get that all mixed up. We got that thing all mixed up. We got this thing all mixed up. Because that, that's, why, that's why extramarital sexual things is wrong in this world because we got it out of God's order. See, here's what we do. We get the physical part and we, we don't do the, the, the emotional and we don't do the spiritual. We get it all backwards today. If you talk to the average person out here outside of a church, they have no spiritual uh, balance for what they're talking about, they're going to say, well, how's your body chemistry? Well, that ought to be found out last. Somebody say amen. Oneness. Oneness. Yes, we become one flesh. But listen, the physical, this aspect of marriage has been distorted by the world and by the devil. Would y'all agree? It's been distorted. God's planned physical intimacy is to be wholesome and within your marriage. That's the easy part. That's the fun part. I, I was ex- it was explained to me this way. You know, I, we, we normally don't open up Christmas gifts. Growing up, we never opened up Christmas gifts till Christmas Day. I mean, it was... Very rare. 
I think on Christmas play night we get to open up one. I think we opened it up on Christmas Eve one time and none of us enjoyed it. So growing up, I always, I grew up, we had to open up our Christmas presents on, on Christmas Eve. This is exactly like marriage. Here's my point. There's certain gifts that God has given to you that should only be opened in marriage. It's a beautiful gift. But see, we live in a day now where that's all been distorted. You say, Pastor, why are you bringing that up? You got children. You got children. And so I think we ought to teach God's plan of marriage. And listen, like I said earlier this morning, if you teach that today, you're going to be looked at like you're crazy. What do you mean, Pastor Mark? You're actually going to teach and train your children to wait till they get married to be intimate with someone? Absolutely. Well, why? That's not what the world believes. That's not what Doc Spock tells me. That's not what so-and-so said on television. That's not what they say. doesn't matter what they said. God's plan in marriage is after you get married, you're to become one. The oneness comes after she or he becomes yours. The Bible speaks all through the book of Proverbs to stay away from the strange woman. That doesn't mean like, ooh. She's strange. It's not what that means. You know what that word strange means? One that ain't yours. And by the way, until you're married, she ain't yours. Can I get a witness? That's God's plan for marriage. I love it. Aren't you thankful we have a God that looks upon us and knows our needs and says, hey, that man down there, he's all alone. It's not good for him to be alone. He needs a companion. I'm going to give him a woman. And not only does he need a companion, that old boy down there, he ain't very smart. He also needs a completer. So he gave us a woman. And then he said, now let me give you all some priorities about that marriage. Number one, if you're going to do it right, you have to leave. And then you got to cleave. And then it will be a lifelong journey of weaving. Don't quit on the weaving part. Because it only gets better with time. Can I get a witness? Can I ask all you older men, how many of you are still learning about your wife? You finding things out about her today that you didn't know 20 years ago. How many of you would say, yes, sir, absolutely. Hands up everywhere. Isn't that a beautiful journey? Leaving, cleaving, weaving. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. I'll tell you what, let's do it better than that. How many of you men, hey guys, brownie points. How many of you just with an uplifted hand and maybe an amen say, thank God for my wife. Amen. Well, go tell her tonight. If she ain't here, go tell her. And by the way, if she is here, tell her, we're going to give an invitation. Tell her right then. How about y'all do that? How about we give an invitation like that? Y'all mind playing something, Miss Donna? Let's get a little ooshy-gooshy, mooshy-mooshy in here. For all you married couples, how many of you, you men love your wife? You just think she's tops. 
Well, I tell you what, during this invitation, how about you just lean over to her and how about you just tell her how much you love her and how much you thank God for her. And then let's do this. Let's close in prayer. You pray with your wife. Would you do that? And just thank God for all that he's given to you. And let's be thankful tonight. Amen. We don't even have to stand up for the invitation. Brother Jim, you'll have to come up here while she's playing on the organ. All right. How many of you men are uncomfortable doing that? I didn't think there'd be a one. Amen. And so we'll close in prayer. And then uh, I'm going to ask, um, Dad, when you get done talking to Mom and praying with her, would you stand and close us in prayer? Would you do that? Just give us a few minutes. We're going to have prayer together. All right. Play something romantic. <laughs>